0: Yeah, it, it feels like everyone kind of in this decision, that there's such a bubble in there, right? Like it almost feels like they didn't expect this backlash. And I, I get it. Look, I, we've got a message board on our site. I understand that people can get vocal and that when you see something online, whether it's Twitter, whether it's message boards, just one comment is not sort of reflective of the entire. You know, scope of fans. You you've got kind of, you know, the the high end uh, negativity that gets put out, the high end positivity that gets put out, and then right. there's a a huge portion in the middle that doesn't say anything. This t- this doesn't feel quite like that. This feels like such a collect. And, and I understand there are people out there that absolutely wanted Clay Helton to have another chance. And, and I'm talking about fans. I'm not talking about People on the USC campus or in Heritage Hall, certainly there was an overwhelming number of people there that wanted Clay Helton to come back. I understand there are fans that wanted him back, but this sure feels like just a decision that is getting blasted by USC fans and that USC administration is going to feel, I think, financially. Um, that's the The number of people... Kind of coming out saying they they won't go to games next year and and saying that they're gonna you know stop their donations, I I, I will absolutely be interested to see what ends up happening. I, I, USC filled the Coliseum for home games. I believe um, I saw that they were seventh in the Pac-12 this year in terms of attendance, not just raw numbers, but in terms of percentage uh, of the stadium being filled. Seven, about seventy-seven percent, so so about three quarters. Uh, of the Coliseum full that's, for that, games that's, this year, boy, next year you've got, you've got New Mexico as your home opener, and that's coming off a neutral site game against Alabama. If things do not go well against Alabama, I, I again, this is this is pretty far the distance. A whole lot can change in in terms of what the coaching staff looks like, and even what the roster looks like
1: right. between
0: now and then. But again more questions brought up by this one decision and I can't I cannot stop going back to Mike Bone publicly saying that he didn't really look at any other options I mean in a year where Urban Meyer is sitting there and I understand everything that goes around Urban Meyer and when people want to talk about you know the baggage he has and if he was a realistic option and if he wants to get back into coaching but right I You know, to, to kind of admit, again, you know, Bob Stoops is not in, in college coaching. He is, He's coaching in the XFL, but certainly a name that came up. And then you've got kind of a lot of coaches out there that you could at least kind of kick the tires on and see. And I, I understand, again, like I said, he could be saying things publicly now to kind of continue throwing support behind Clay Helton. But you're still choosing to say it, and you're still choosing to publicly say that you didn't look at anybody else. That just that that's still, kind <laughs> of such a mind warp. There, there are uh, so many for, different for ways in where this you can, situation.
1: There are so many different ways where you can control the optics and the narrative by simply saying that, um, despite a, a very comprehensive due diligence um, and evaluation, we determined that moving forward, our best option at this time is to retain Clay Heldon and allow him to start with or complete what he started something like that but to to go out and blatantly put on 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 wax that you didn't consider anybody else that's the part that just kind of gives me the impression that we don't know much about mike boone uh bone is he a continuation of what usc has come to expect of their uh, athletic directors um someone who was great at um in the ceo role so to speak raising capital but doesn't have their posts on the direction and the vibe of this, the energy of the university and the program, I would certainly hope that as you alluded to, perhaps that that's his way of endorsing and showing um, a demonstration of support to Clay Health. But if that's the case, then give him the resources. You know, um, there was, there was some talk over the past few years that, Perhaps the resources weren't quite there, or the support wasn't quite there to allow for them to be as successful as one can be. But when, but, but then I have to scratch my head because they have this phenomenal McKay Center, they have outstanding facilities. The uh, the Coliseum was just revamped, so there's money somewhere.
0: Yeah, I mean it's got to go into assistant coaches again. If you're if you need to get into kind of a, a bidding war with whoever for Graham Harrell. Uh, if you like that offense this year, if that's something where you want to see that continue, you've got to be able to keep him. And now you've got to go get maybe, again, if we talked about,
1: yeah.
0: if you make a change, a defensive coordinator, you've got to go get a, a guy who can do it and also buy into a head coach in Clay Helton who, yes, he's brought in for another year, and yes, his contract runs through 2023, but, but you got to figure kind of the eggshells that he was on this year, it, it's a lot of the same next year. So you're if you're coming in, if, if you want to come in to USC, you have to be either so confident in your ability, like it felt like Graham Harrell was, where he kind of felt like from the very beginning. Right. Look, even if things go poorly, I'm still going to do enough here where I I can get something out of this. I don't know how many guys are looking to kind of bounce year to year around. I know it's kind of the nature of coaching, but that might be a situation that, that you're fighting too at some of these positions where I, you got to get a guy to sign up for something where this might not be a long-term thing. I mean, it, it might turn into that, but boy, it do, you know it doesn't seem like there's a guarantee of that right now. And again, we talked about, just kind of creating more questions and more difficult situations going forward when you're looking at that but but I do want to switch gears a little bit and I want to talk I want to try to to get some positivity again so so we're not kind of hammering we talked about the offense and this last recruiting class kind of got hammered certainly it looks phenomenal now when you compare it to to this 2020 class which again is going to be you know, maybe lower on total numbers, which I understand that's going to hurt kind of the recruiting ranking Where If, you know, if you have 15 guys in a class and somebody else has 25 guys and you're comparing with points, that that's kind of a whole other discussion. Um, but you did get some true freshmen in this class, right? There, there is some talent there. If,
1: right.
0: if, big if, nobody leaves, you're bringing back nine starters on offense, nine starters on defense, you get a guy in, in Jordan Isafe back at middle linebacker who technically doesn't count as a starter returning so but but has plenty of starting experience that's 10 guys you know uh, on defense uh that could be considered starter considered starters coming back there is there is a lot to build on i i'm curious mm-hmm. where do you i not so much where do you see this team next year but more what are your kind of positive points where, where can USC build and where can it can Clay Helton if he is going to get this thing moving in a direction that that everybody wants it to get to or, or even move toward where do you start building where do you put your emphasis how do you do that this offseason again it's clear he tried it this past offseason where do you go now
1: well, well, I think that uh, you kind of alluded to it. Um, offensively, last year, you make changes, systemic changes to the philosophy of how you're going to operate um, from the quarterback position on out, and you got the right results. Albeit he wasn't the first choice, but he appeared to be the right choice, being Graham Harrell. Um, and, and it is a total compliment to a coach of his caliber to now be uh, um, admired and revered by other programs and sought after. When Pete Carroll was in the height of his career, and you can even go back to a John McKay or perhaps the times of John Robinson, there's always been assistant coaches on the staff that were head coach uh, quality or caliber. Um, uh, In the early 2000s, when I played under Pete Carroll, you had the likes of a, a linebacker coach, Nick Hope, who went on to become the head coach at Idaho. Um, You had Ed Ozron, we know where he's at. You had uh, Dwayne Walker, um, you know, Pete. And then uh, on the other side of the ball, Lane, Kiffin, Sark. For whatever you want to say about how their their careers have um, gone now, the very fact of the matter is, on that coaching staff, you had so many coaches that ultimately would become head coaches. Now you're seeing that if they can retain Graham Harrell and now shift their focus to the other side of the ball, you have to start asking the question: What do you want from your your defense? Based on not just based on a philosophy standpoint, but based on the personnel that you have for at least the next two to three years, you got to look at what do you think w- would complement the skill set of the players that you have in this program and build and customize. Uh, a defensive philosophy around that because if you start playing complimentary football and you have potential a head coach a head coach in waiting and uh, Graham Harrell and then uh, someone who is respected and revered on the defensive side that's going to give you that type of confidence that gravitas now as, as as Clay Helton you can truly take on that CEO role and kind of round out the rest of your staff so for me I look at how many younger players were kind of thrown into early down situations and got much valuable experience. We didn't talk much about a secondary giving up big chunk yard deep plays. We see an athletic secondary that could go at least five deep if 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 you don't encounter the nickel spot. But just from a pure corner position, they got a depth and versatility there, length, speed, good size, I like what I'm seeing there. The safety position, you'd like to see a little bit more depth behind the two uh, starters, but on the defensive line, you have studs, and if you can get those studs to return and then kind of round out some pass rushers, I think you have the mark of a smart team, a team that's endured some of the most difficult experiences dealing with a a coach that was on the verge or on the hot seat, dealing with that pressure, but also overcoming necessary adversity. Now you start taking this experience and you build on it and you finish the season with on a winning streak. There's a lot to be said about the momentum that they can carry going into a new season. But the question is how long will it take Clay Helton to implement changes to the defensive side so that you can start taking advantage of, of, of the, um, the reps that you're going to get with these players as you're preparing for the bowl games and then also leading into spring ball. I just don't know because right now it just feels like this program always appears to be a step behind where other programs are building on. And because it feels like a new start in a new chapter, it just feels like this is a program that's in turmoil, not a program that's ascending in the right direction.
0: Yeah, it, it feels like the there's steps going and outside of this i'm talking about last year it feels like there's steps going in the right direction but they could never really convince anyone that this is what elite programs would do these are the coaches that elite programs would you know keep or bring in or or this is kind of the the how the whole football program looks and so i'm interested to see how quickly these changes are made again i you know i i understand there's relationships with recruits and you've got the early signing period coming up here, December 18th. And so you're only a couple weeks away from that. You, you gotta go, you gotta know where you're going to go. You gotta make those moves. You've got to be decisive and, and handle that stuff. Like, you know, what you're doing, you know, and right. I, I think that you heard a lot of positivity from um, the strength and conditioning staff, which was all new, last year certainly a lot of injuries this year you you have to look into you know what's causing that and what's going on and and, and how do you you know change that but there's got to be more money put into st- you know the the ops positions and recruiting department and again there were some of those steps but it feels like USC is just trying to keep pace with the Pac-12 and that's not enough that's, and that's not that's enough. not no. nearly enough if you're really trying to be an elite team and you're throwing championships out, you're, you're throwing that word out a lot. Do you mean PAC 12 South championships? Because if so, you can stay where you are and and you can win the PAC 12 South, you know, most years. Uh, But if you mean national championships, there's a lot that you need to put into this program and you need to do it. I, I think all in, in one swoop, you can't, you know, you can't move into a house, tear it all down, and fix one wall every year. You know, right. that's, that's not, that's a, what way, it virtually that's not a way like to right. live somewhere. You know, you, you, you need to get this thing done. And, again, if you're saying that, you know, the, the buyout or things like that were not an issue at all and that there's money there, it's got to be put into this program and spent in in the right way and, and spent on the right people. I feel like the coaches that he brought in last year – I, I thought it was a lot of good steps. Again, it clearly I wasn't did. enough. It clearly what either, either, you know, the cohesiveness wasn't there or there just wasn't enough change or, or whatever the issue you took a swing last year and, and right. you know, a foul tip, maybe something, something like that, a hard ground out, I guess. I don't know, but you you need to go at that again. And you, you really need to get it right. And I think, again, you need to do it quickly. You, you can't go 11 days where nothing gets said Yep. The team doesn't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden you make this announcement kind of, again, on on Twitter in a bubble uh, and, and just sort of throw it out there. It, it's, it's, I think it's time for people to kind of take control of what's going on with this football program and move it forward like you know what you're doing, like you know what the end goal is and how to get there.
1: And, and that's, my, that's the point that I guess I want to leave with as it pertains to personnel and things like that. Um here here's what I'll say to that effect. There were players that you weren't counting on that gave you surprise performances all throughout the year. Like going into the season, how much did, was there really thought that uh is it Justin uh, Dedic Dedic, Dedic, yep. Yeah, Dedic. How much did you really truly think that you'd have to rely upon him and how pleasantly surprised were you that he was someone that you can count on at the center position, you know? And then we seen guys that I didn't think was going to be able to give you any um, long-term production, but bodies were kind of moved in and out of situations. Chris Steele, we didn't even know if he was going to be eligible, but he was. So those are some of the things that, you know, you, you come to appreciate.
0: Yeah, I, I think there, you know, we mentioned there's players. I mean, guys, guys got time. It's just sort of the stuff where uh, Mar- was Marquis your, your, you know, one of your three best offensive players? I mean, I know the wide receivers are outstanding. King Slovis is outstanding. But to see him, it takes so long for him to get in, and then what happened to the offense when he wasn't there anymore and, and you couldn't rely on him. Right. Decisions like that, right? Are you always making the right decision for your team, for your program, In terms of guys getting playing time rotations that sort of stuff i but but i I don't know
1: but this goes back to the frustration of a lot of usc fans and those of us who watch the program from an intimate perspective is how well as this coaching staff the cohesiveness of this coaching staff how well do they evaluate the talent because based on how they ran their reps i couldn't have told you that keaton would put on a prolific performance like he did against UCLA or, you know, transcend into the player that he had become because there was no indication. There weren't those aha moments that you said, wow, that kid is special because I'm almost wondering, you know, the way that they balance out all the reps and the lack of hitting in practice at times, doesn't give you an opportunity to evaluate or put players under duress so that you can see how well they'll perform in adver- un- under adverse situations so when you talk about rounding out your coaching staff you need to con- uh, as clay helton uh, we anticipate that he will continue to do and he talks about bringing in teachers you also need to think about what type of how are you evaluating talent and under what's what are the circumstances that you're giving your players an opportunity to showcase their growth? Because we don't see that gives us the impression that he stumbles across greatness. And you do that when you're at USC because you have a plethora of talent. But now can you take the success of this season, cultivate that into progress and build off of the fundamentals and the foundations? Or will we see much of what we saw expectations underachieved times when we think that they're going to underachieve they overachieve inconsistency playing at home and on the road you are what you are but your identity is defined not on game day but what you do now leading up to the 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 start of the new season from the way you maximize the extra reps that you get from uh from um the bowl game preparation, to your off-season conditioning that propels you into um, spring ball. I would like to see the overhaul, the mentality addressed, and that expectation set that what we did last year was just the foundation, but where we're going is transcending in a direction that is gonna cause us to have to make wholesale changes, and if everybody buys in, we'll get the results. Does Clay Hilton have that in him? I certainly don't think he does, but perhaps he'll have a chance to prove us all wrong. Yeah, he, he has
0: another shot at an offseason, right? I mean, this this year's group, this year's team, you, you have to say they played harder. They put more into it in terms of effort than Clay Hilton got out of that 2018 team. I, I mean, I, I don't think that's up for debate. I also don't think that you get to say, you know, I did a great job as a head coach because my team didn't quit on me. That, that's just no, yeah. that's just doing any kind of a job as a head coach. And, and for me, what I the, the biggest change that I think, I know a lot of people kind of throw out, oh, they should just tackle, you know, as much as they can in practice and they should hit harder. And, and I think, I, I don't think that that's just the easy, you know, oh, you do that and everything's fixed. There are teams, you know, that that don't tackle to the ground Uh, at all there are teams that tackle exactly as much as as USC does Uh, there 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 really aren't teams that go you know a hundred percent of what the NCAA allows all the way through the season you know full tackling and and that whole thing I I just that that's not going to happen but what the biggest change in in terms of what you're saying the mentality and, and what you can kind of do in practice it it a lot of times feels like Clay Helton and, and the staff and the program, really, they're trying to make every player happy all the time. And, and I understand when you say that that's a bad thing, that feels kind of crazy. Like, of, of course you want them to be, you know, taken care of and, and treated well and happy and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of times where it feels like, like you mentioned kind of yep. how you give guys reps or or how you, you know, discipline somebody versus somebody else, or, or what goes in on uh, during the game or during practice or, or things like that. It just feels inconsistent to the point yep. where guys guys don't have that uh, that sense. You know, the the sense of doom that you get from from some coaches. You know what well, I mean? Well, like
1: that, that goes back to and you. You alluded to it. Accountability. Right. It's setting expectation and having. Clearly defined consequences to those, um, to the decisions that are being made. But what you talked about, the culture being set in practice. I've been, I played football, organized football, for 18 years. And the times where we had the most success, it's because we were battle tested in practice. We built callus from the hitting, the thumping, the bruising, and the banging to the point where our skin started to toughen up. So when we got into a game situation, the impact and the collisions that I experienced as a five foot eight cornerback did not surmount to what I experienced in practice. So by the time game day came, I practiced at a faster speed with velocity and I delivered blows to my opponent. I was not on the passive side or reactionary side embracing collision. I created the impact from a corner position. The same thing is missing and lacking in this program. The lack of hitting, and, and it's not necessarily hitting to the ground, but it's, it's the contact that they feel. Right. A lot of soft tissue uh, injuries can occur when you change, You have a pace in practice that is not equivalent to what you experience in the game. So your body doesn't have a chance to contort itself or adjust and, and start to adapt. So again, I hope that he does learn from best practices brought from outside coaches inside the program and now coaches who are coming into their second year being able to implement more of what they know and have learned. If this program is to uh, reach its full potential, they're going to have to get more out of that uh, toothpaste. They're going to have to squeeze the toothpaste. And what I mean by that is they're going to have to challenge the players to Um, to get better in small incremental areas from how quickly they make decisions to stronger, getting stronger in the off season, challenging and preparation. Those are things that the players can control. But oftentimes that comes with expectations set from a coaching staff that has taken these last few weeks to evaluate their own talent and say, look, let's sit down. These are the areas that I think that we need to improve upon. These are some of the things that you did well that I think you can continue to improve upon. Let's try to be more consistent being this player as opposed to these highlighted plays that are outliers. Those were the type of coaches that I had in my experience of playing at USC. Coaches that not only evaluated the other talent, but was able to tell me and assess the areas that I needed to improve upon. Does Clay Helton have that in him, or will he build a staff that can foster that type of competition and improvement within? If he does, like I said, he can run the tables because the experience coming back should give them every opportunity to be successful against any team in the country. But again, we always say it comes down to the details, and if the details aren't in the the preparation, then the details shouldn't be expected from the accountability of the players.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up here. I, th- I think we could probably uh, just sort of live stream this for about three days if we wanted to keep going into everything. But I, I think, uh, again, just simple factual statement. This is not a decision that USC fans, by and large, are excited about or happy about uh, or, or even are just taking as, you know, okay, that's fine. Um, this was a decision that upset a lot of people, and it's a decision that brings up, a lot of questions as to sort of what the, the philosophy is in terms of the direction of the program. Again, the, the word championships comes up. Is it national championships you're trying to get to, or is it Pac-12 South championships where you're just playing uh, in a conference title game every couple of years? I think how they go about, again, filling out some of this program during this offseason coaching staff, op staff, support staff, all of that, I, I think that is going to be something that is fascinating to watch because at, at this point you're not getting the splashy head coaching hire that, again, is maybe going to make up for some of those deficiencies like we've seen with with recruiting uh, in this class and some of last year's class uh, and maybe some of the player development that you've seen over the last couple of years where boy, you look at kind of, first-round NFL picks or, or even just NFL picks uh, in total or, or USC, uh, you know, players on active NFL rosters. And, and those numbers are falling precipitously uh, right. the last few years. So, again, we'll see. That, that's kind of what we're at right now. We'll see again. Uh, I, I, don't, yeah. know and, Eric, I, I don't know how many people I don't know how many more
1: Keaton Slovis's you're going to find at different positions sure. where, you know, you have diamonds in the rough. Um, so it is going to be important that as this this recruiting class gets rounded out, that these are complementary pieces that that um, that can plug and play, because right now it just feels like if this program, if 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 he if Clay Heldon was able to sell to um, to the <clears throat> athletic um, leadership, the athletic department and the leadership under Mike Bone, that. He is making tremendous inroads and these are the clear areas that he's identified and he's been afforded the opportunity to realize that the next few weeks are going to tell us a lot about the direction of where this program is headed, or if it's going to coast into the off season, resting on the laurels of just finishing the season with the three game winning streak.
0: I agree. I think if you don't see some significant and quick changes The outrage that we felt today might even pale in comparison to to how USC fans feel uh, at that point. If if you don't get a lot of changes going into next season, but for in terms of this Wednesday, I I think that about covers it for us. Uh, Again, a a massive decision from new athletic director Mike Bones. Certainly not the one uh, that we expected when he first came to USC. It felt like he was coming. To make to to hire himself a new football coach, he ends up sticking with Clay Helton, who will be the USC Trojans' head coach for the 2020 season. So, and that's our look at that for Daryl Radeau. This is Eric McKinney. Thanks for listening to the We Are SC podcast.